After adding Dylan Stewart to their 2024 class, South Carolina's defensive line unit could be nightmarish for their opponents in the very near future. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. I would say that Tuesday was a pretty big day for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program as they landed one of their biggest commits in the modern recruiting era as they secured the pledge of five-star edge rusher Dylan Stewart. Dylan Stewart, he's making the future of this defensive line unit look pretty scary for South Carolina's opponents. And when look at the entire defense as a whole, this entire side of the ball, it is being completely overhauled before our very eyes. And the thing is, South Carolina might not be done quite yet in the month of August. We're going to touch on each of those subjects on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. With Dylan Stewart's commitment on Tuesday morning, along with some of the D-line talent that South Carolina has accumulated to this point, and what they could get in 2025, Stewart and this defensive line unit could become one of the best in school history for South Carolina. It could be reminiscent of the defensive lines of old for the Gamecocks. Defensive lines sort of like the Fire Ant defense that South Carolina had back in 1984, and also a defensive line unit that had guys like Jadavion Clowney, Devin Taylor, Kelsey Quarles, Byron Gerardo, and some other guys as well back in the peak golden years of the Steve Spurrier tenure. So let's talk about Dylan Stewart, first of all, and his impact on this roster. What does his commitment do for the edge position? Well, Dylan Stewart, assuming that he sticks with South Carolina, which according to Brian Doe 24-7 Sports, he is going to, he gives South Carolina their most athletic edge rusher since Jadavion Clowney. I'm not saying by any means that he is Jadavion Clowney. He's not. Jadavion Clowney, he's on his own level. But Dylan Stewart certainly is the best that they have had since Clowney was playing for the Garnet in black. Dylan Stewart's ability to move all over the field seamlessly is one that is rarely seen amongst players at his position and at his age. And I know that when he arrives in Columbia, whether it's in January or this next summer, Dylan Stewart is still going to have to earn his keep. That is one of the biggest mantras of Shane Beamer's football program here at South Carolina is that everybody has to compete for everything, no matter who you are. But I will say I would be stunned if Dylan Stewart does not play significant snaps this next fall or doesn't start for the Gamecocks. I would be very surprised if neither one of those scenarios played out for Dylan Stewart. Now, if you're wanting more information on what all South Carolina is getting in Dylan Stewart as a player, and also what the impact is for the program as a whole, 
I dove into all of that on my reaction show right after Dylan Swartz's commitment on Tuesday, so be sure to go check that out if you haven't already. But getting back to the subject at hand, what isn't being discussed enough in terms of all the headlines surrounding Dylan Stewart's commitment is what Dylan Stewart plus other guys on the defensive line could do in terms of changing this group's identity on South Carolina's roster. When you look at the edge rusher position currently, You've got Desmond Umeo Zulu already on this roster, a guy that's got a great blend of both length, athleticism, and technique. And by the time Dylan Stewart gets to campus here, Desmond Umeo Zulu is going to be in his second year in the program. Both of these guys could be the best pass rushing duo, again, since Javion Clowney and Devin Taylor were playing for the Gamecocks back in the early part of the 20-teens. You also cannot count out Syracuse transfer Jatias Gear, who will undoubtedly push Desmond Umeo Zulu at the minimum both this coming season and 2024. But edge rusher, it is definitely looking a lot better with what's happened in the 2023 and 2024 classes. Now, when you look at the interior of the defensive line, in terms of younger players, Xavier McLeod, he stands out amongst all of them. McLeod, in my opinion, is a more explosive version of Zach Pickens. He's got a ton of raw power, but he's got a really explosive get-off to go with that power. And that could make him a potential game-wrecker at the college level. And when it comes to this position, things could get even more interesting for South Carolina in the 2025 class. Because the Gamecocks are heavily in the game for both five-star Elijah Griffin and four-star Amari Adams. Both of these guys attended South Carolina's cookout late this past weekend, and they have both visited Columbia more than any other college or town to this point in each of their respective recruitments. One could maybe even make the argument that South Carolina leads for both of these guys. Of course, there's still a long ways to go, and especially with Elijah Griffin, you're not going to land him easily. But South Carolina has already put themselves in a really good position with both of those prospects, to say the least. So, summarizing this entire roster when it comes to the defensive line, in 2025, this could be South Carolina's hypothetical defensive line unit. You could have Dylan Stewart at the edge rusher position. At defensive tackle, you could have Elijah Griffin, Xavier McLeod, Amari Adams, maybe Xavion Hardy who comes out of JUCO, and maybe he sticks with South Carolina, who he originally committed to in the 2023 class. Maybe you still have TJ Sanders still around, because TJ Sanders is still going to have eligibility by the time we get to that season. And then you go to the other defensive end spot, where you have Desmond Obeo Zulu. Maybe Jatai Skier is still in the program. Montague Rames, maybe he still joins the program after his journey in the JUCO ranks, which is likely to happen because of what all went down with the weapons charges back in the wintertime. And there also could be some other guys that are at this position from the 2025 class that I haven't brought up, but that board is still pretty murky to this point, so for the sake of time, we're not going to dive too deep into that discussion. But overall... This defensive line unit, if it ends up shaping up like I just talked about, it would match up 
with any other D-line unit that the Gamecocks have ever had. Dylan Stewart's commitment also could greatly help in terms of this staff trying to attract other players to this group, to this program. Elijah Griffin clearly tops that list as a fellow five-star, a fellow top five, top ten-ish player, and also guys like Amari Adams, and again, some other edge rushers from that 2025 class, where we still have to try to figure out who the priority targets are at that spot. But nonetheless, Dylan Storm, this defensive line unit, the way it's shaping up in a couple years, it could be scary for South Carolina's opponents. There's certainly no question about that. Now, I just talked about the defensive line unit and how with Dylan Stewart's commitment, plus maybe some other guys jumping into the fold, that position group could be completely flipped by the time we get to 2025. But that's already been happening at both the linebacker position and in the defensive secondary for South Carolina. How exactly? We're going to dive into that a little bit deeper in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, some of you out there that are listening or watching today's show, first of all, thank you. And second of all, you might be a small business owner. And if you're a small business owner, then obviously you've got a lot to worry about with your small business. But the most important thing when it comes to your business is the staffing that you have, the people that you bring in, because you want qualified candidates to fill in roles like maybe an accounting role, an administrative assistant role, maybe a product manager role, so that you can make sure your company thrives over time. And if you want to find the right people for your business, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. Now, I know that I had originally said that I was going to talk about Antoine Juswell's potential to be the SEC's leading receiver on today's show. But when a five-star kid commits, plans can change. So we're going to push that to our Thursday show, where we're also going to dive into some storylines heading into fall camp which starts for the Gamecocks on Friday so be sure to tune into that and for all of you everydayers that already tune into every show thank you so much for making us your first choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage when looking beyond Dylan Stewart's commitment for the rest of South Carolina's defense the Gamecocks are beginning to build some serious depth across the board on the entire defensive side of the ball. We've talked a lot about the defensive line already, so we're going to now address both the linebacker and defensive back position groups. Starting off at linebacker, South Carolina in the first three years under Shane Beamer, they have brought in at least one really solid linebacker prospect in every single class. In 2022, it was Stone Blanton. 
In 2023, it was Grayson Pup Howard and Ole Miss transfer Jerron Willis. And so far in 2024, the Gamecocks have landed commitments from Wendell Gregory and Fred Johnson. And there's no reason to believe that either of these guys are going to flip their pledges by the end of this cycle. Even right now, South Carolina goes three deep at the linebacker position. Literally. And it's going to remain that way for the next several years at this spot because of how the Gamecocks coaching staff has recruited. Now, the other thing that impresses me about this linebacker room, besides the depth that this coaching staff has built there, is the varying skill sets that they've also brought in. And there's three different ones that I sort of want to talk about real quickly. Downhill linebacker, runners, and athletic pass rushers. In terms of downhill linebackers, Stone Blanton is the one aforementioned player out of this group that fits that skill set perfectly. He's a guy that excels when he's able to just run downhill and really get after ball carriers. But Stone Blanton is also a guy that has showcased the ability to run sideline to sideline and chase down ball carriers on outside runs. Be able to lay the wood on guys when he's got a full head of steam and can make solid contact. So Stone Bland needs to say he's a bit more of a run defender than he is maybe a coverage linebacker. But again, that's not a bad thing. Every defense has got to have that dude at the linebacker position. Now, in terms of runners, I've got Grayson Pup Howard and Fred Johnson both in this category. When I say runners, I'm mainly talking about guys that, again, are equally good at both running downhill, chasing after ball carriers, but also going sideline to sideline. I said Stone Blanton can run sideline to sideline, but he didn't show that consistently last year. Maybe that changes in 2023, but right now, I think Pup Howard and Fred Johnson are the two best guys when it comes to sort of this skill set. The ability to basically just sort of run all over the field and chase down anybody. That's sort of how I view both of those players. And then athletic pass rushers, this one is also pretty self-explanatory. I got Wendell Gregory and Jerron Willis at this spot. Both of these guys, they can fulfill conventional linebacker roles. They can help out a rush defense, and they also are more sort of modern linebackers that can sit back in coverage. But both of these guys also possess the athleticism and the traits to where they also can really get after the quarterback. I don't think that either of these guys are going to ever transition to being maybe a full-time edge rusher on the defensive line at any point in their careers. But both of these guys, they're going to allow Clayton White to be a lot more creative in terms of what kind of plays he calls up for his defense because of what these guys can do at the second level in terms of blitzing and, again, just trying to get after the quarterback. So, South Carolina, they got a ton of depth at linebacker now. They're continuing to add depth with what they are bringing in with this 2024 class. And the skill sets are very diversified from player to player. And that is basically the best that you can ask for when it comes to trying to build up your defense. Now, the same thing goes for the defensive secondary. The 2022 class was a big one when it came to this position group. They brought in guys like Nick Edmondworry, DQ Smith, Kenny Nelson Jr., Kawan Banks, Peyton Williams, and Emery Floyd. In 2023, the class was a lot smaller but they still brought in some quality players in Vakari Swain, Jalon Kilgore, and Zabari Sandy. And in 2024, it's sort of the same deal. 
You got guys like Kelvin Hunter in the fold, Braden Lee, who was committed, David Busey, uh, Diamond in the Rough out of Savannah, Georgia, and maybe Jalewis Sullivan, depending on if he commits to South Carolina or not later this weekend, which we're going to discuss, by the way, in just a few minutes. But as I mentioned with linebacker, a ton of different skill sets in this defensive secondary. Nick Evan Worry, I basically call him a Swiss Army knife. While he excels as a rush defender, specifically, Nick Evan Worry, in my opinion, is a guy that could do a little bit of everything for this team. In terms of run stoppers, guys that really fit that strong safety position in this defense, Jalen Kilgore, Braden Lee, and Peyton Williams, all three of these guys, really, really solid fundamental tacklers, get aggressive, get after ball carriers and receivers. Braden Lee, I know I just mentioned strong safety. He is going to play cornerback. He is going to really fit the man coverage, press coverage type of assignments that Torian Gray and Clayton White both ask out of this secondary group. Runners, same definition at the linebacker position as it is here with the defensive backs. I got Kelvin Hunter and David Busey, two guys that can go underneath in terms of coverage or go and be in the box in rush defense and just chase down ball carriers from anywhere on the football field. Cover corners. I got Vakari Swain and Kawan Banks. I think that Vakari Swain offers a lot of potential as possibly the next great cornerback on the outside for South Carolina. And then Kawan Banks, he's a really solid zone coverage type of corner at that nickel corner position. Might not ever be maybe the greatest rush defender just because of the fact that's just not really where his strengths lie but in terms of coverage Kawan Banks excels in that area and then the last category lay the wood who is the hardest hitter out of this group it is DQ Smith in my opinion he is absolutely built like a tank at six foot one 200 plus pounds DQ Smith is not afraid to go after somebody DQ Smith and Nick Emmonworry I've made the case before I think that they are the best safety duo in the entire SEC and their skill sets back up that notion because it's a solid yin and yang in that defensive backfield. So since the beginning of the 2022 class, Shane Beamer and the staff, they've added 14 total blue chip prospects to this defense. One five-star, 13 four-stars. And what's crazy, again, is just how much all this talent is spread out almost evenly amongst the defensive line, the linebacker room, and the defensive backfield. South Carolina's defense, within a matter of two, three years, it has been almost completely flipped. To where South Carolina now, they got quality starters across the board, and they got quality depth at certain spots. They just now got to fill in the depth at a couple of specific areas like edge rusher, and if they can do that, then this defense is going to be basically a complete unit. And then it's just trying to put them in the best position to be successful. But this defense, along with the defensive line, again, this entire side of the ball, it could make a massive jump over the next couple of years with all the guys that they've added and the guys they could add in the very near future. You know what the most fun part about Tuesday was? Was all the reaction that so many people had on social media. Gamecock fans, obviously, probably dancing in the streets and doing cartwheels and backflips and all sorts of things. Opposing fans being really upset and shocked that South Carolina landed another five-star prospect, which again, should not surprise people anymore. But the best part is the fact that 
Dylan Stewart, he might not be the last one in the month of August. South Carolina has got three big-time targets. They're set to announce their respective commitments over the next three weeks. And so let's discuss each of these targets and sort of where South Carolina stands. The first one that is set to commit is four-star wide receiver Jonathan Paler, who will be making his college decision on August the 4th. Now, those of you, again, that watch this show religiously, I ripped into South Carolina's recruiting efforts at the wide receiver position not too long ago because um, things have changed in this recruitment a lot over the past month. At the end of June, I think everyone would have said, Jonathan Paler, he was South Carolina's to lose. Now, heading into his final couple days before his commitment, it seems like NC State is the program to beat here. Don't know what exactly happened, but all of a sudden now, the Wolfpack seem to have a ton of momentum. They got Paler in for their annual summer cookout event this past week. And it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of confidence right now on South Carolina's end. Now, admittedly, a lot of experts out there, they have not fully flipped their prediction from South Carolina to NC State just yet, which I do think is notable. Maybe that means the door's still cracked open. And Jonathan Paler did take note of the fact Dylan Stewart committed to the Gamecocks on Tuesday. But Gamecock fans, admittedly, right now, unless something drastically changes in the next 48 hours, I'm not really reading a whole lot into Jonathan Paler responding to Dylan Stewart committing here. I just don't like where South Carolina stands right now in this battle. So I would still say that NC State's in the best spot. Obviously, I would love to be wrong. And if I am wrong, um, I'm going to definitely owe South Carolina staff a massive apology. And I'm going to have to eat a ton of crow on the show. I know y'all probably love nothing more than to see that because it would be a good thing at the end of the day. But I just think that right now, NC State's probably still in the best position with Jonathan Paler. Now, Jalewis Solomon, that seems to be a different story. Solomon is set to make his decision on August the 5th. So basically the day after Jonathan Paler, this coming Saturday. South Carolina, for the longest time, they've been battling Florida State here in this recruitment. And then last week, there was some possible buzz about Auburn. You know, the Tigers making a last-minute push. And apparently, Solomon's got a brother right now at Auburn that plays for their football team. So they did sort of have an ace in the hole, it seemed like, when it came to that connection but even coming out of that visit, it seems like that South Carolina is in a good spot here. And, you know, there was all of the movement with Dylan Stewart and the predictions that were being tossed out with him going to South Carolina early on Tuesday morning. There was also some movement with Lewis Sullivan and some people saying that now they think he's going to go to South Carolina. I'm not going to fully dive into that just yet. I will say, it does seem like the Gamecocks are in a good spot, but again, as we have now seen a couple times this cycle, you never know what can happen. There's still plenty of time left. I'm sure Florida State and Auburn, if they are indeed behind the Gamecocks, they're doing everything in their power to try to convince Jalewis Sullivan to delay his commitment, or maybe, you know, again, try to give him one last pitch on why they are the best destination for him. So again, Right now, based on what has been put out there, it seems like the Gamecocks have the advantage here. But again, still a couple days left leading into Julius Solomon's eventual decision. And then the last one, and one can make the argument the most important one out of this entire group, 
is four-star running back Daniel Hill out of the state of Mississippi. Again, well-documented recruitment. If you've been listening or watching the Locked On Gamecocks podcast for several months now, Hill is going to make his decision on August the 23rd. So three weeks from today, he visited Alabama this past weekend for their cookout event. A lot of Gamecock fans were worried about that. They're worried about the close proximity. They're worried about the history Alabama has. And you know something? It is fair to feel that way. But again, South Carolina, multiple times this year, they've been named publicly the leader for Daniel Hill. And while that lead might not be significant right now, it still seems like that South Carolina's in a good spot here for the Mississippi native. South Carolina's got plenty more to offer in terms of early playing time. I think if Daniel Hill were to come here, quite frankly, I think he could be the starting running back from the first game he ever plays, the first game he ever suits up for South Carolina. I think he'd be that much of a difference maker for this team in this class. But it's easier said than done trying to fight off Alabama for a kid like him. So, again, three weeks left, plenty of time for something to change, something to happen. This one could come all the way down to the final hours. But again, kind of like I mentioned with the Julius Solomon recruitment, it still seems like that South Carolina is in a decent spot at this point. So, we'll see what happens with those recruitments, but... Again, just a quick overview. I don't like where the Gamecocks stand with Jonathan Paylor still, despite what all happened with Dylan Stewart yesterday and maybe his subtle reaction to it. I do, however, think that South Carolina is in a decent spot for Jalouse Solomon and Daniel Hill at this current point. But also, again, there's still some time left. You never know what can happen in the world of recruiting. So with that being said, that does it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are your thoughts on Dylan Stewart and what this defensive line could look like in a couple years? How scary that unit could be with the guys they have plus Dylan Stewart and the guys that they could still add later down the road. How much do you think Shane Beamer and the staff have overhauled the entire defensive side of the football? And lastly, what are your thoughts on some of these remaining recruiting battles that South Carolina is involved in? Do you think South Carolina could land all these guys, or is there a guy that maybe you're not very confident in at this point? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube, or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>